Hey everyone, this is a Halloween season reboot of Art and Murder Part 1, which was originally released on October 26th, 2018, hence our very 2018-era banter at the beginning of the episode. Heads up, listener discretion is advised for this episode. We do talk about murder and some other violent themes along with art, but it is not appropriate for all audiences and may be upsetting for some, so do keep that in mind uh, before listening. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. the podcast i'm Corey. i'm jen i'm natalie i'm Ginny, and we are the art history babes we're already a couple of bottle of wine bottles of wine <laughs> balls balls of wine <laughs> we've had a few balls of wine <laughs> that is an I... understatement you know people are clicking off right now we're goodbye have a good rest of your day no 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 <laughs> we're throwing stay, stay with us we're throwing it back to the old school format where we would come to you guys late at night after a long day of grad school and many glasses of wine and we're <laughs> this is re- recording <laughs> no i was gonna say we're like we're embodying that spirit of the early days of the podcast and yeah, we've been hanging out for a while, and now we're going to make an episode. <laughs> so if you're... This is happening. <laughs> it's if, happening. <clears throat> if you are somewhat new to this podcast... Oh, God, I hope they're not. I hope they're not, not this point. But, right. Well, but if you are, for whatever reason, sure. I just want to introduce you all to what used <laughs> to be the original podcast, which was spawned out of the love for art history, but also the hatred... <laughs> of being in a graduate program. And so we decided, I mean, it was really Corey's idea, but we really said, let's make a podcast and somehow try to reignite our passion for this discipline that we're so frustrated with right now. And a lot of those early episodes revolve around us being real drunk. It was spawned from the love, but also the hatred. It's true. Um, And so we're coming to you today... You know, we're fresh, we're out, we're in the world of art history, and we're also in true... We're We're here. We're in true. We're here. (laughs) What the fuck word was I about to say? We're introducing a topic today. I was going to say introducing, and then I lost my steam there. I thought you were going to say we're in true form, which also... We are in true form. And also to Jenny, that's better. To be fair, I think this is fitting because this is our this is our 2018 Halloween episode, mm-hmm. and yes. we love Halloween and we love weird shit and creepy shit. The and macabre, the macabre. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I pronounce that word wrong every time. <laughs> I always say like macabre, which is wrong. I get that though. Yeah, that makes sense. That. That's how it's spelled. Sounds I just want to pronounce every letter in a word. What's up with that? There's yeah. nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Ouch. But yeah, so. So this is just a very, you know, we're celebrating the spookiest time of year. 
and we're celebrating each other (laughs) and we're yeah we're just going for it so this is going to be a little bit more of a drunk history-esque episode yeah and you know Derek um, Waters see us shout out to Derek Waters Bring us on the show. We would you know, love, I would love to be a guest. I would love it. We would, we would kill shine. It. We would kill it on that show. I think we would be really good on that show. If so. they wanted to do like an art history series, we would kill it oh, on yeah. Drunk History. When we post this episode, we're going to hashtag... Drunk History. Yeah. Hashtag Drunk Derek History. Waters. Like, please. And we're going to at Derek Waters. Shout out to Art History Babes Nation. Everyone at Derek Waters. Please do. <laughs> Slash Corey's Chili Babies. <laughs> Your new name. <laughs> so that is like a throwback to a Patreon extra that you have to check out for you to understand why I'm forever going to refer to you as my chili babies. <laughs> That's our new Artistry Babes Nation slash Corey's Chili Babies. It's a thing. Aww. That's a really cute name for, for our Art History Babe Nation. My little chili babies. I can tell the story. I yeah. No, no, no. They got to go listen to Patreon extra to get the story exclusive content yeah no you have to check We're it out can i just give you guys some exclusive foremost. content right now give it to so me. i just watched little pancake jefferson which is the art history based mascot yeah. take a good dump in his little <laughs> did he eat it and then he turned around and ate it yeah, yeah. <laughs> jen's eyes are saucers right now <laughs> she will never unsee that i know that this is what rabbits life. this is what but rabbits like, when do you see it it's still like wow <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh wow so if you're familiar with our art history babes logo there's a rabbit and originally that was the bumblebee original art history babes mascot oh gee who has since passed and we have another rabbit with us nowadays and his name is pancake jefferson and he's very adorable but he does eat his own poop so yeah rabbits do that in case you didn't know they don't get all the nutrients they need the first time around they gotta eat it again wow and then they get all the nutrients they need evolution guys (sighs) you know biology It's a weird so, thing. So on that note, let's segue. And there's really not a clear segue in any uh, way at all. Right. But well, uh, we should really get to yeah. the topic of today, which is real spooky. Because this is our Halloween episode. Ooh. It's murder. We're gonna mm. we're gonna murder. We're so gonna today talk we're talking about, about art and murder. <laughs> Murder, mm-hmm. murder, murder, murder. Red rum. Oh. <laughs> Fuck that kid. <laughs> that movie's uh, so good. I know. It is, it is really the good. The Shining is so good. That's, oh. That is like top 10 best never, movies. I'll, like, so good. Jack Nicholson will never not be crazy and scary right? to me. Oh, because yeah. he's so good in that. And he's I was also- like, sir, your eyebrows. Don't move the way that a regular sane person's eyebrows move. Because he is not regular and, and sane. <laughs> I don't know. Whew, what yeah, a great movie. That movie's so good. I wonder if they'll remake that movie, and I wonder if I'll hate it or if I'll like it. They okay. shouldn't remake it. It's too perfect. I know, but so, they remade it, so I'm like... Mm. Did you see the new It? I have not I watched it the other way. night by myself. I watched it the other night, <laughs> too. Not by myself, but I was cool. still like, whoa. Yeah. So, you know, the original It, which we're going to touch on this later in this episode. Oh, so foreshadowing. Not, this is not a complete tangent, but the original It was sort of like a mini-series and then it has recently been remade, and it's actually pretty good. Yeah. 
the dude that played it, he's one of those scars guards, so like very tall and handsome and Swedish. And he did a really, really good job. Dude, speaking of, so like it, Stephen King, did any of you watch Castle Rock on Hulu? The I d- didn't. The dude that's in Castle Rock plays it. He is Same like, guy. I'm very attracted to him. Because he, he is looks weird like and I could spooky, meet him in a cafe hot. and he would like <laughs> drink five cups of coffee and Whoa. still maintain his cool. Yeah. And Whoa. just like speak to me across smoke in a German bar. And I like and he legitimately envision. Yeah, he legitimately us. plays the devil like incarnate in Castle Rock and I'm like I hit that. He is wow. something about I think him. He's is, a real good actor. He, I mean, it's in his blood. Yeah, he's quite, a great actor. Quite literally. He's hot but like in a kind of weird spooky way. I love it. I Lanky love it. and those sunken eyes. Oh, I love <laughs> Lanky and sunken eyes. I love that. Ooh, same <laughs> sister. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Uh, what's his name? Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. Bill Skarsgård. Mm. He would Check be, him out. He would be know. a terrifying partner mm. to like have. Oh, to, like, but it would be exhilarating. He really would. Dad. Uh, you, uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's, oh, he's, wow. I'm like looking at pictures of him right now. Right? He's hot. I love his like weird. He's got like Steve Buscemi eyes. Yeah. yeah. I always, he I does. just knew that Buscemi was like hot. <laughs> Little Pete Davidson. That's a bit far. But I'm oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. Yeah. Come on. Steve oh, Buscemi yeah. is not he hot. He looks like Steve Buscemi. Oh. No, he does look like Steve Buscemi, but Steve Buscemi isn't hot. But he if looks a little he bit looks like a young Bushem. He's a Bushem. But I want to go back to Natalie's point. Ugh, I think he looks like a Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson types. Yeah. I love okay. Pete Davidson types. Okay, like you cannot deny there's some Pete okay in there. Right now. I know. I'm really worried about Pete Davidson right now. He's I'll date him. I'll fine. date him in a heartbeat. Just don't. So don't would everyone? To me. Pete he's Davidson fine. and I have very similar <laughs> astrological placements. And is I, he a Scorpio? He's a Scorpio. So then, Corey, you can tell us how he's doing. How is he doing? He's a Scorpio Sun, Capricorn Moon. Whoa. And I'm a Scorpio Sun Capricorn Moon. And from my perspective, he's not doing well right now. (laughs) I'm sure he's not. I feel he's still working, which props. Yeah, but I just I'm worried about Pete Davidson. I'm also worried about Ariana Grande. I'm worried about a really shitty time. Right? I'm worried about both of them. I'm deeply concerned for both of them. No, I'm and I'm sorry to our listeners that are like, what the hell are they talking about? I I will not apologize. No, you know what? That's it. I'm never gonna apologize again. Thank you. <laughs> Ever. Thank you. But what I was just going to say is there are these posts going around on Twitter that are related to the Pete Davidson Ariana Grande split. And then you click on them and it's like register to vote. And I feel like that's what. Uh, that's great. That's a great idea. That's a good idea. You guys I should register to vote. This is really interesting. <laughs> I, I, please vote. It's I like, this vote. is yeah. really not important. Let's t- remind you what is important. Yeah. I mean, and it is important to them. To but them, but not to any of us. We don't not get it twisted. We don't need to care. Voting um, is more important. <laughs> please vote. Like, you can care. You can care all you want, but voting's more important. <laughs> Truly. Um, yeah. Ugh. But I think the moral of the story is Bill. Skarsgård and Pete Davidson are both hot. hot. They can hot. get it. They can, they get, can it. get it. Uh, Corey said they wow. could like get it. <laughs> <laughs> what did uh, Kavanaugh call that? The devil's, devil's triangle. Dra- uh, devil's triangle. It's a drinking no, game. It's a drinking game. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you know that game. Motherfucking liar. <laughs> it's not a fucking drinking game. We all know what I like that guy that like is. called in to CSNBC and was just is did I get the letters right? Yeah, <laughs> MSNBC. MSNBC. <laughs> and, 
<laughs> said, uh, yeah, excuse me, I just wanted to say that uh, the Devil's Triangle is actually a three-way with uh, two men and one woman. And, like, they hung up on him, like, right when he was finishing. Like, he that got to say... That makes me mad. Why hang up on him? He's speaking truth. I know. But I he like that... spreading the knowledge. They, like... You know, they couldn't hang up on him fast enough, but he got to say what he needed to say. And I was like, yes, thank you for clearing that up. I mean, if a member of our fucking Supreme Court is going to lie to our faces, someone should should be honest. Boofing. Fuck off. (laughs) He literally looks like a fucking gnome, but from the upside down. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. An upside down gnome. You heard he it here. Does. He looks like um God, one of those spots that you get on your skin when you have cirrhosis mm. of the liver. Mm, mm, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. the worst. He oh my God, you guys. So. Let's talk about murder. Talk about murder. Art. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue because, know. you know, we have a lot of strong feelings about the Kavanaugh. Yeah, we thing. could we could talk about mine I, actually I think fits a little bit. With oh, this topic. Uh, yes. really? Can we Yeah, you've heard about it. It's yes, relevant. Yes. Do you want to yeah. start? So we'll then? circle yes. back. No. <laughs> Okay, so Nat's going to say some stuff later. Yep. Who's going to start? Stick then? around. Do we want to start Stay chronologically? Yeah, yeah, I think we should do that's chronological. No. So that's probably you then. Allora. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just to clear things up, because I understand that that opening was a lot of stuff, we are talking about art and murder yes. today. I know. Yes. I love our listeners that just put up with us. They keep like, reading the title like, is this right? <laughs> so Halloween episode, we're talking about high profile, interesting murders in the art world, past and present. Yeah. We're going to start off with Ginny. We're going to go back in time. We're traveling. We're traveling back in time. Um, so I'm going to talk about one of my problematic faves. Oh, yes. All Michelangelo Meresi di Caravaggio. Oh. I forgot his first name was Michelangelo. I forget, oh. that. Wow. I forget that a lot, too. He took that as a sign as to why he should be a painter. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Honestly, same. <laughs> I mean, I would. <laughs> I would do it. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> yes. So, like, one more just quick off topic thing before you get into sure. before you get into this. I, I thought I heard someone in the attic, but I imagined it. There's no one in my attic. I know. I Don't promise. you fucking dare. I know. <laughs> will not Stop it. <laughs> three, three. I just pulled up Instagram. You guys, there is a Lisa Frank tarot deck. <gasps> and I need to own it immediately. Oh, that is not surprising. I know a woman who is approximately 31 years old made that. <laughs> I just I just know it in my bones. <laughs> to nice. be true. Nice. Well, my birthday's coming up, so if any of you wow. want to like, you know, make that happen mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. I yep. I would That's solid. I would really appreciate that. But anyways, Caravaggio. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking about Caravaggio. So Caravaggio, if you want to know more about him, we did uh, our very first episode was the Bad Boys of Baroque. Mm-hmm. Great episode. He was one said bad boy of the Baroque. Mm-hmm. 
and bad. he was very very bad yeah he was really really bad it was real bad i mean there were a lot of them but <laughs> he's the baddest he boy was, he was probably the the creme de la crop. he was kind of a shithead it was bad it was it bad, was bad. <laughs> who's bad so just like a tiny tiny little bit of background on caravaggio before getting into all the terrible shit he did so <laughs> he's from a small town in northern italy close to milan it's called caravaggio so like when you oh. hear of these italian renaissance and baroque artists a lot of times what they're called like da vinci he was from vinci which was a province oh, same with caravaggio i gotcha he um, was of he was a vinci or of he caravaggio. was of the vinch <laughs> and caravaggio is from the badge <laughs> Fun fact. I'm, nice. Okay. My, I don't know. My name is of the. Do you guys know oh, that? Oh, yeah, it yes. is. You're Stay from Latore. the Torre. Of you know the Torre. That means the of the tower. Jen knows. Well, Sorry. I speak the Spanish. So this is a murder in two parts, or at least one part murder for certain, second part murder, possibly. <laughs> Alleged. <laughs> Alleged. Caravaggio came to Rome in 1592. He was only 21 years old. And he was really trying to make something of himself and be an artist. And the place to do that at the time was Rome. So he comes to Rome and he's known as a hothead pretty early on. Did a lot of shit, you know, got into brawls, flung a hot plate of artichokes in a waiter's face because I remember this story. they were fried in oil as opposed to butter. It's mm. a great story. That really hurts. You know, hot oil is not to be messed with. That's no, no joke. It's hot dicks. Booter and oil. Booter and all. He was known in the city for being like very volatile, essentially. A troublemaker. Truly. Truly. And he was not from noble stock, but he loved dressing up in black and strutting around with a sword because that was like the visual marker of a noble in Rome in the 17th century. So he was just kind of like a poser. But there were descriptions of him where it's like, okay, yeah, he's wearing all black, but like his socks have holes in them. So, you know, he's doing all this bad shit. And meanwhile, he's making fucking beautiful paintings. As you do. It's true. It's true. As he did. A, he was a multi-dimensional person. Honestly, Caravaggio could probably get it, too. Like, hmm. Let's uh, pause about that one. I mean, we don't really know. He probably had syphilis. So I'm going to get into that, too. So, basically, this is what happens. It is 1606. He's been in Rome for... Not quite a decade. So he's established. He's doing pretty well. And he stabs a man <laughs> named Renuccio Tomassoni in the femoral artery, which if you're not familiar Whoa. with where that is in the body, it's in your groin. Oh. And because of that, rumors spread that he actually meant to puncture the man in his balls. Ah. Or slice them and castrate them, which I don't know how that would have been accomplished because the swords back then were not so much the slicing blade, but the, you know, fancy fencing, like oh, just a very oh, sharp like a stabby yeah. blade. toothpick. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> like a lethal toothpick. Yeah. So he stabbed him on the tennis courts 
in Rome. Tennis gets heated. Yeah. And because of that, rumors were that it was a tennis game gone awry and that, you know, Caravaggio was just so incensed at the game that he tried to either castrate this man or just stab him in the groin. (laughs) And he bled out on the tennis court. Oh, my God. So there's a lot of gossip around this event and part of it and again go back to the bad boys of baroque episode because nat talks about this where caravaggio wrote some very defamatory poems about a fellow artist named giovanni baglione as he called him johnny baggage (laughs) (laughs) honestly caravaggio is fucking funny yeah (laughs) he said you are a disgrace to painting and before that he said he had a donkey cock that can't fuck anymore (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean it's, wow. it's just i mean it's very mean but it's so funny uh, it's pretty good so Badlioni kind of got his own revenge later because caravaggio died when he was only 39 and then Badlioni wrote one of the first biographies about caravaggio and so he said all right this murder that caravaggio did was all because of like a tennis game gone wrong and you know brought to light that Caravaggio was accused of sodomy and like really played that aspect up. There have been more investigations since this happened obviously like at the time it was kind of like okay he did this thing and then the papacy put out a bando capitale which was basically a death warrant, which meant that um, after he killed this man by stabbing him in the groin, someone could kill Caravaggio and either bring his body or his head. And that would, be, that would be satisfactory. I mean, the head is just a lot more feasible. Oh, like, yeah. The fact that they give the option is nice. But yeah, like, yeah. if you have those two options, you're going to go with the head. It's yeah, just a lot it's just, more practical. You know, it's easier to transport. Yeah. Bodies are big. <laughs> I just like the idea of like walking into some official office and being like here and like holding up a head <laughs> like David and Goliath it's style. Yeah. Just like, dude, I was just going to say it's very biblical. Yeah, it's very Caravaggio. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Caravaggio goes on the run and he goes to Naples for a bit and then he goes to Malta where he tries to join with the Knights of Malta. And in talking earlier about how he always wore black and carried a sword is like he always wanted to be a noble. He was from very humble origins and wanted to be more than he was. And so joining the Knights of Malta, which was like a strict religious order on the island of Malta, which is like it's not part of Italy, but it's it's not far from it. It's south. It's an island <laughs> in the sea. <laughs> um <laughs> There was a really good hand gesture. Thank you. And and at the time, and there still is a religious order there, but at the the time there were some real religious bros there who pledged themselves to, oh, it was a particular saint that they served. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, I got it. I'm so sorry. Um... (laughs) It's okay. His name was Saint Angel. (laughs) San Angelo. I don't know why that's funny. San Angelo, Saint John of Jerusalem. All right. All right. Yes. So they were all down for Saint John. And so he goes to this island. He's like, I'm into Saint John. I'm going to pledge myself to him. I'm going to paint you these paintings. Why does he sound like Cardi B? (laughs) 
Oh. <laughs> what if Cardi B is Caravaggio reincarnate? Oh my god. Whoa. I'm gonna pledge myself to him. <laughs> like, you know. She also has a lot of brushes with that the was law. An amazing Cardi B impression. I, <laughs> I do that a little bit too much. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That was Cari- good. Caravaggio B. <laughs> Only we would get it, but it'd be amazing. Cardavaggio B. Cardavaggio B. I love this so much. Oh my God, please keep going. I'm so sorry. I'm so happy you're still here. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. We love you, Cardi B. I, I we do I support you. We, oh yeah, we really do. Mad support for Cardi B. We really do. Okay, so he's with the Knights of Malta, and he's painting things about Saint John to be like, okay, make me a knight faster. And it's unclear in the historical records exactly what happened, but it seems like he got into a brawl with one or more fellow Knights of Malta, and they were like. Fuck you. We rescind your night ship and they wanted to kill him because, you know, in the in the knighthood, it's all about honor. Yeah. And he uh, was not an honorable dude. (laughs) (laughs) So he then runs away again and he goes up to Sicily for a bit and then he goes back up to Naples. And I watched, you know, it's an interesting documentary. It's BBC. Mm-hmm. And it's from 2002, and it's by, obviously, a very British man art historian, <laughs> and his name is Andrew Graham Dixon. Wow. And so the documentary is called Who Killed Caravaggio? And it is really informative. It's on YouTube. Anyone can watch it. It's it's pretty good. Hmm. Although he does say, like, balls an uncomfortable <laughs> amount of times, and whores an uncomfortable amount of times. <laughs> but uh, yes. nonetheless... So what good old Andrew poses is that when Caravaggio was in Naples, there was a very popular kind of tavern and brothel called the Cirillo. And apparently a knight of Malta followed Caravaggio up to Naples and got in a sword fight with him and cut up Caravaggio's face and probably some other parts of his body. He escaped alive. And the knight that attacked him, according to Andrew, again, Mm. is Rodamonte Rorero. So according to this account, then, from there, Caravaggio tried to go back to Rome to get a papal pardon. But he, like, went very strangely off course. And there's still, from what I have been able to find, there's no, like, consensus for why he did this. He went up to Portercole, which is north from Rome. It's, like, this little island. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, all these different stories and ideas about how he died. Like, oh, he died from syphilis. He died from lead. He died from sun poisoning. He died from salmonella. And he's, you know, that story of him like running down the beach trying to. That's my favorite. I know. (laughs) It's It's so so cinematic. It's so dramatic. It's great. But 
what this one art historian is saying is that somehow he landed over there because maybe that was a cheap deal that he got, you know, like equated to a, like a, connection a weird flight? layover. <laughs> it's like, why am I going north when I'm going south? And why am I having a layover in Seattle when I'm going to fucking Austin, Texas? You know, what what's happening? There's all this conjecture, but this art historian was pretty convinced in 2002 that Caravaggio died from infected wounds from that night of Malta who attacked him. Damn. Um, and meant to kill him in Naples because of the dishonor that he did to the Knights of Malta. And then, interestingly enough, not too long ago on our Facebook page, mm. we posted... An article on hyperallergic that some remains were uncovered in Porto Ercole. And according to the researchers who found these remains, they are, in fact, the remains of Caravaggio. And the reason that they say this, it's it's a little complicated. And honestly, DNA analysis is contested in its own ways where it's like, okay, how accurate is it really? And how sure can you be? But what they did was they referenced DNA from people in the town of Caravaggio because the records don't indicate any actual direct descendant of Caravaggio because he was like a playboy <laughs> in a in a murderer um, <laughs> in a wannabe knight. Wow. That just made him sound like really cool. Like, I mean, it wasn't supposed to, but it did. <laughs> did it? <laughs> yeah. You know, this is their process. So they go to this cemetery in Porto Ercole and they scan for male bodies around five foot four. And just so you guys know, this is a really fun fact. Pull this out at all your future cocktail parties. Okay. The average height of the Italian man in the 16th and 17th centuries was 5'4", which is oh, my height. So like, I'm 5'4", too. Just keep that in mind. I'm keep f- it in your back pocket. I'm 5'5". Five five. You would have been a tall man. Wow. Well, aren't you guys all so fucking cool? How tall, yeah. how tall are you now? Would have still been on the shorter side. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get guesses. Does anyone know how tall I am? Five, five two, one. one and a half. So. Hey, right in I remember there was one time like last year where we were all hanging out and like we realized I was the tallest. You are the tallest, and that yeah. was like mind boggling for me because I consider myself to be a very average height, but I've never really been the tallest. And like, a group I think of that people. art history typically attracts short people. <laughs> It's a thing. Short, it's just... short, academic, mm. intellectual people. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Short body, tall mind. Mm. <laughs> You're so right. We're not limited by these physical shells. Wow. So anyways, they were scanning <laughs> for dudes who were 5'4", aged 35 to 40 years old. And there was only one body in the cemetery that was dated from the 17th century. There was a strong presence of lead in the blood. Whoa. Lead so in the blood. They were like, okay, he's fought for, he's from the 17th century, he's got a lot of lead in his blood, it's probably <laughs> Caravaggio, which okay. seems like a stretch. So then they did that DNA test of residence in the town of Caravaggio. And like I said, he had no direct descendants, but there were families with the same surname. So they compared the DNA with them, which I I have mixed feelings about. I think the article is really interesting because it's like, hey, if this is the body of Caravaggio, he died of sepsis, which is just the infection of the blood. And that could easily have come from a sword wound, which... 
Caravaggio got in like multiple sword fights also. It wasn't just the one guy that he stabbed in the groin. He got in brawls all the time. One time a police dude, you know, the equivalent of a police dude in 17th century Rome was questioning him about some wounds that he had after a bar fight. And he's like, oh, I was going down the stairs and it was dark and I fell on my sword. <laughs> like, that's real. There's interviews <laughs> saying that. So I think it's definitely very plausible that that is how he died, but I'm not 100% convinced that those are his bones. Um, sepsis is a very, like, all-encompassing thing, though. Exactly. You a could lot get sepsis, sepsis from a hangnail. Yeah, a lot of untreated. things can cause sepsis. Like, that's a very yeah. large, yeah. you know. So yeah. he probably did die from sepsis, but, like, that Could've that been. can result from a number of things. Well, exactly. that wasn't sepsis. Like, that was the underlying thing in the beach story. It was that he yes. had gotten in the sword fight and was basically, like, dying of yes. the wounds and was trying to chase down his yep. boat that was yep. sailing away. Yeah. Very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, a combination of, like, sepsis and heat stroke from running yeah. on the beach. Like, you can only run so far when you're dying (laughs) you're bleeding and infected your body can only run so far yeah but it's amazing because and there are some really interesting conspiracy theories that he was not only killed by the knights of malta but it was like the knights of malta in league with the papacy because caravaggio's religious paintings in a lot of cases like caused quite a bit of stir because he would model like the virgin mary off of a sex worker that had watched up on the Tiber River and would have like a like, dead one. Yeah. yeah, you don't know that painting. Oh, 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 oh! I think that we talked about this in the Bad Boys of the Brook episode. Yeah, yeah. she looks yeah. pregnant, and mm-hmm. then it's like, is she pregnant she's or not, is she's she just bloated, bloated with, from with death? Yeah, yeah. from yeah. drowning. <laughs> so oh, he, weird. We're not laughing. No, That's no, no. We're funny. laughing at the, the ludicrous. <laughs> we're laughing at ludic- the shock that it caused. What yeah. is the word? Uh, ludic. Ludic. No. Lunacy. Luda. 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 <laughs> That's where we're all going. Luda. God damn it. I saw Ludacris live. Look, 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 look. Yes. <laughs> I've seen oh him in God. I've seen that man in concert. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. <laughs> so lots of conjecture about how Caravaggio himself died, but what is undeniable is that he killed a man. <laughs> So murder. He killed at least he, one man. If not more. I right. mean, you know, and what's really interesting too in like looking at this documentary and reading about this is that like it was really popular. I'm not laughing. That was like a breathy thing that sounded like a laugh, but it's not. I feel like we should just straight up say like we're pretty drunk right now and yeah. we're talking about murder and we're yeah. probably gonna laugh, but that doesn't mean we think murder's no. funny. No, <laughs> no, 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 you know no. What? I think that that is a really good just advisory for this episode and we don't need to apologize anymore yeah we're going to laugh from this point forward and we are not going to say that we're sorry yeah because we are sorry we don't think murder is funny no but we're also just having a nice time and also everyone watches horror films and experiences some level of sick Sure. Well, That's you have so to popular. like laugh at this shit. Otherwise, it's just dark. Like yeah. it's inherently 
shitty and dark so right. the laughing just like balances it out we're Definitely. just right. we're balancing the scales guys it's, it's interesting okay. too that Let Car- me, listen to that long s and scales that i just slurred s- out yeah, everything is very slurry right now it's interesting that caravaggio is considered to be one of history's greatest baroque artists mm-hmm. and we will continue to speak of him in that way even though it is completely well documented that he <laughs> was a murderer. Yeah. No, he's a total fucker. <laughs> right. Totally. totally. Yeah. And I, and it's interesting, too, because like I had read a little bit more about why he killed Tomasoni, who was this 17th century Roman pimp. And some of it's thought that one of the sex workers that he was like the pimp for this woman named Felide Malandroni, who modeled for a portrait for Caravaggio. So people were like, maybe Caravaggio was like hooking up with her. And then, you know, she was also hooking up with Tomasoni and Tomasoni challenged him. But in the records of this duel between Mm -hmm. Caravaggio and Tomasoni, Tomasoni's brothers were there. So that one like very British art historian, Andrew, he seemed to suggest that maybe Caravaggio was actually sleeping with Tomasoni. Tomasoni's wife, Ooh. who after Tomasoni was killed, gave up a baby daughter. What? And then remarried. So he was like, maybe that baby was Caravaggio's love child. And it's all, you know, it's all just circumstance. Wow. Scandal. Circumstantial yeah. and just kind of like conjecture. But it's fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, whether Caravaggio himself died of lead poisoning, syphilis, Mercury, heat stroke, heat sepsis. Stroke. Is that one of the ones? Homicide. <laughs> Homicide. Right, right. We are not certain, but he certainly did stab a man in the groin, mm. and the papacy was like, bring us his head. And he certainly and, died. And, and he, he certainly created art. <laughs> so we got art, we got murder. Definitely created some dope-ass art. I mean, really. You can go into a church, a couple churches in Rome, one or two churches in Naples, one in Sicily, one in Malta. I think I'm getting the numbers right on that. Sorry if I'm not, but I'm close. And you just look at his paintings and they they are so like theatrical and dramatic mm-hmm. and just the play with light and arrangement of the forms and like how he handled his compositions. It's always going to be incredible to me. Like it just... Standing on its own, it's amazing and it's beautiful. And then considering it in the context of the time where it really was very groundbreaking. He was going in a totally different route from a lot of his contemporaries and inspired a lot of artists after him that were dope as fuck, like Artemisia Gentileschi. Yeah. So. I also feel like there's this weird thing where the farther away in history we're removed, the easier it is to just be like okay with like an artist's oh, shitty behavior. Dude, like, I mean, the look, farther back it was, it's like we just give more yes, and more well, leeway. And half of it is coping with it. Yeah, And definitely. half of it is legit because right. as we talked about in the Artemisia Gentileschi mm-hmm. episode, at different points in history, people have the capacity to deal with things at different levels. Right. So there's, there's a certain level of projection that happens from mm-hmm. our point of view depending on how far you go back. So yeah. it's easier to kind of laugh about it depending on how much we're able to be like how much distance there is yeah, yeah. but not Absolutely. even just distance like ability to be like oh they didn't even process it yeah. the way that we're processing it right. so they're not seeing it in a painful way that we see it and it's yeah. like just being able to have that 
I think realization no, and, helps. And, and it's totally true. And I think a big part of what being an art historian is about, like, I think, yeah, it was Baxendall, a famous art historian. I forget his first name, but if you look up Baxendall, you'll find him. What is his first name? Michael? Yeah. But so Michael Baxendall talks about this practice in art history <laughs> called period eye. A good example of this is like when we look at paintings kind of prior to the Renaissance where like babies look very weird and humans look very weird and we're like, what the fuck is this weird shit? <laughs> did people not understand? It did looks you not weird. Did what a baby looked like? When they were looking at it. How did you not look at this and go, that is weird? Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about period eye is that you have to try to understand that visual language within the context that it was made. You know, how many people were exposed to art? What were they looking at in terms of earlier art and their kind of reference points and not putting our own contemporary conceptions and preconceptions onto art and history that was long before we were alive. So part of it in looking at like a Caravaggio is like, I mean, for the time he was also considered to be pretty shitty. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't a great guy. At he the wasn't time. a great guy, but like he didn't stand out that much. Like one of my true art historical loves, as is probably evident at this point in the genesis of our podcast, is Bernini. I love that man. I think he was an artistic genius, and he was a sexy man. I have a portrait of him he when he was thirty-four, man. and I'm like, give me that now. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Um, if you're a Bernini lookalike out there in the <laughs> Bay Area of Dude, California, come holler at your girl, in California. We are thirsty on this episode. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Sorry, but sorry, but- we're not sorry. <laughs> No, we're not apologizing at all in this episode. But the thing with Bernini, you know, he had a mistress who was married. And I talked about this in the Bad Boys of Baroque episode. Had a mistress that was married. And to an artist that was in his own workshop. And then he got pissed that his mistress was hooking up with his brother, which I understand is disturbing. But he tried to murder his brother. That was an attempted murder. That was an attempted murder. <laughs> and then he had his manservant cut up her face. Because as you will learn if you watch this Caravaggio documentary I referenced with that very British man on YouTube, he <laughs> describes how cutting up people's faces was the language of the streets in Rome in the 17th century. He, he literally said it like that. <laughs> wow. I want to hear a British man use the phrase, the The language language of the streets. I know. Something about the idea of a British man saying that, I'm not like intimidated. I don't know. I I certainly don't think you should be intimidated. Like it could sound intimidating if someone else said it, but not. This man is the least intimidating. He like, (laughs) he's sitting on like the coast and. Porto Ercole and he like takes off his little loafers <laughs> and his socks and he's wearing a suit and then he just picks up his shoes and walks out of the line of the camera. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, that's nice. <laughs> if only I could be a British bitch and be on the BBC and do their documentaries for art history and oh, I would just man, do the, the most dream. ridiculous shit yeah. where I'd interview people in like grand ballrooms Can drinking you? champagne yeah. and taking off my shoes yes. while wearing a suit. And Can, it just makes you like so quirky. Can yeah. you imagine though us 
Like the art history babes. Working for the BBC. (laughs) (laughs) Never in our lives. I would do it in a heartbeat. Oh, I would be honored. I'd be like, take me to the queen. I'll thank her personally. (laughs) I would charm the pants off of the queen. It would be so good. It would be so good. But on that note, we badly need to take a break. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, We we badly need a break. (laughs) We need need it it bad. We need it. (laughs) All right, you guys. We'll be right back. Uh... And we're back. We're back. back again. We're back. We're talking about art and murder. I mean, any... Uh, <laughs> Are you speaking backwards? Try again. We're playing the record in reverse. <laughs> I am possessed by some sort of demon. We are talking about art and murder, among some other things. We just had a nice story about our boy Caravaggio, and now we're going to push it forward a little bit. All right, guys. So I have the trial of the century. Whoa. AKA the murder of Stanford White. So if you've heard, you know, if you haven't, buckle up. I don't know about this story. It's a good one. It's really good. I'm excited. It's crazy. I'm excited to learn. Mm-hmm. All right. So it all <laughs> begins with Florence Evelyn Nesbitt, who ends up going by just Evelyn Nesbitt. It just reminded me of Miss Nesbitt. Story. <laughs> <laughs> Nesbitt. <laughs> I remember that. Buzz Lightyear's because it's Nesbitt. been overshadowed in our minds by oh. this it's story. When, yeah, Buzz Lightyear kind of has a, breakdown, a mental breakdown, a mental breakdown, and then he's like, "I'm Mrs. Nesbitt." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that just made that part of that so much darker. Oh, I can't wait to hear the story. Let's hear the story. I need to hear the story. <laughs> Damn, Mrs. Nesbitt is she's a character in this. Okay, this anyway, great. this is so good. All right, so Evelyn Nesbitt. She was an American chorus girl, artist, model, and actress. Whoa. Yeah. So Tri- Triple threat? Yeah. Quadruple threat? She really was the first it girl, the first totally. supermodel. I mean, she came onto the scene around the time when photography was becoming a more yeah. used medium. So she kind of rode that wave from illustration to photography yeah. and just being... and lithography for like all those like early advertisements yes. for like cigarettes and oh yeah mm. you know like that style that i don't even know what to call that it was just she Old-timey. like art nouveau yeah. kind of like yes. yeah yes she she it's a great catch-all it was old-timey <laughs> old-timey <laughs> so needless to say she was remarkably beautiful by all accounts to the point where, as a chorus girl, she would steal the attention from the mm-hmm. stars of the show to the point that it was, like, a problem. And she garnered a lot of attention from a lot of men. So she moved to Philadelphia for a while, then moved to New York, kind of made that transition. She first moved to New York at 15 years old, and it was December of 1900, and she was modeling for famous artists pretty much immediately. For example, James Coral Beckworth dubbed her a perfectly formed nymph, mm. which is just a very wow. creepy thing to call a 15-year-old. Yeah. But also, if, if, creepy. You wa- if you want more context, you should check out our blog and the blog post I did on nymphs yes. and what all of that means. That yeah. would be a great resource. <laughs> And yeah, he had her posing for him twice a week the first week she showed up in New York, like on the rotation. So she was sought after and 
she also attracted the attention of Stanford White, who was a famous New York designer and architect. Maybe most famously, he designed Madison Square Garden. Maybe you've heard of it. (laughs) Maybe. Mayhaps you've seen a pop star there. Maybe. (laughs) And at this time in history, Madison Square Garden had the tallest tower with a 13-foot sculpture of Diana. Because this was a time of classicism. Oh, yes. Where we were using classical mythology to justify nude Women's women. tits. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. People wanted mm-hmm. to see boobs, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, they the didn't Civil wear clothes back happened. then. So. <laughs> the First World War was coming. There was just a lot going on. People wanted to see nudies. I mean, I don't blame The boys them abroad wanted to see some bosom. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like so give them a they were dealing with a lot they were you know misogyny aside they just you know they were dealing with a lot was really shitty it's not even just boys like yeah i was gonna say boobs are great yeah they were just the ones fighting the wars so they wanted the boobs but like boobs are objectively cool they're pretty good (laughs) (laughs) you know like i can appreciate a nice pair of boobs regardless you know it's my favorite part of the morning waking up and be like hey my boobs hey, uh, i boobs. take yeah get into the shower and then i'm like oh hey they're all right i like them <laughs> anyway all right so uh, so at the nat, time nat doesn't want to weigh in on the boob conversation like, no i was just told to stick to my story so i'm trying to be a good girl and stick to my story oh. that's true that's fair <laughs> you told me i was supposed to be good be you told girl. me to be a good girl I'm so sorry. This year. No, no, please continue, Nat. I'm so sorry. It's okay. We're, it's totally fine. We're the worst. <laughs> You're the best. It's we just not your fault. Is ours. Time is a construct. <laughs> hey, remember me? <laughs> Hi. Who could forget you? Thanks, Jen. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. So, Evelyn met Stanford White, architect, big name. He kind of had it in the bag because he was in with the really wealthy socialites because he was building these Mm -hmm. lavish buildings in New York City, but he was also still an artist at heart, so he was able to kind of cross the boundaries between the upper-class wealthy and the bohemian artists. So he was partying across New York City. He had his hand in all of the parties. He also had a thing for young girls. Oh, God. Young chorus girls. And I feel like that is like such such a a turn of the century thing. Like young chorus girls. Young chorus girls and just really intense sexual activities. Oh, come on. Yes, this is where the story gets dark. So he used another chorus girl to get Evelyn to his apartment. Mm. He got the two of them there. He also called them the, his snuggeries, yeah. what which does is that just a mean? really gross term. What? So I feel like so that word could be used in a really cute context. It's not cute It's not here. being used yeah. cutely here, but in a different context, it could be very cute. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy for someone to reclaim snuggery because yeah. this is not a good... Like I think of Bun as my little snuggery. Oh, where is she? <laughs> sure, sure. Come back. But in this context, it is gross. No, it's gross. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. So, so explain is... His... Explain. Yeah, so <laughs> Evelyn is here with uh, Stanford White and this other 
chorus girl. I believe her name's Eva. So another one of her colleagues. And they have a lunch with champagne and they get all boozed up and of they course. yeah it's and he goes oh i have this room i really want you to see and he brings her to this room where there oh. is a red velvet swing that is so bad that's all bad <laughs> it's really not good it's not good she's very young she's like she's 15 years old and she's a child she's by herself not okay yeah I he I, sh- I don't think i've mentioned this he's like 47 so he's three she's, times like, he what fifteen? He is three father. times her age. Oh, That's so my fucking God. gross. He is three times her age. They are in this room, and he gets her to swing on the swing, and they play this game where the other chorus girl is holding up a parasol, and Evelyn is supposed to try and swing out as high as she can and kick through the parasol, and it's supposed to be a really fun game that's really just perverted. For him to look up her skirt. Exactly. Mm. Oh my god. Yes. It's all very gross and perverse. And so this happens... It ends. And then they go on and this relationship between Evelyn and Stanford kind of like continues to a point where they see each other a few more times and he invites her to a party and she comes to this party and no one's there. Oh, that's the Bill Cosby move. Yeah. The uh oh feeling mm-hmm, ensues. Mm-hmm, he invites mm-hmm. her, she comes, it's supposed to be a whole thing, and it's just No one's fucking her. there. He's like, and oh, he I met don't her. know where everyone is. I don't know where yeah. everyone is tonight. Like, and he oh, met darn. her with some really creepy comment like oh. like sorry everyone bailed on us. Like the old timey equivalent of that. Yeah, <laughs> right. I want to travel back in time and just kick him in the ball. So she's, again, 15, 16 years old here. So she's at this fake party and he fills her up with champagne. They drink a lot of champagne, gets her kind of uninhibited, goes again, I have this room you really need to see. Ugh. Takes her to a room in this place that is. Covered in mirrors. That's a lot That's of rooms in this place. That's always just a bad sign. That's just a mirrors bad sign. everywhere and a bed in the center of the room. Oh, God damn. <laughs> a mirror just broke above my bed. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> oh, my God. Evelyn Nisbet is brought to this mirrored room and she says that the last thing she remembers is kind of looking across all the mirrors and then it goes black did he drug her well he drugged her with champagne and then he did things that i'm sure made her shut off her memory so she awakes in this room completely naked looking up at herself in the mirror on the ceiling next to this man and screams because she has been raped because she passed out. And at the time, the only way to prove rape was to prove that you had fought back. This was before statutory rape was even a thing. So she becomes his mistress because... There just wasn't an another option. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. This was a time where they just like rape. You know, she didn't fall in the category. It's just right. that's how they defined it back then, and it's fucked. And we know that now, but yeah, it's how it was. So she was pulled into this very fucked up relationship with Stanford White, where she was kind of dating him. It was kind of a mm-hmm. relationship type thing. 
they dated for a while. She had other things going on. She had a brief fling with John Barrymore, known as Jack Barrymore. A la Barrymore family? Of the Barrymores. Ring a bell? Yeah. Are, for real? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they the are Barrymore like an old, old Hollywood so this, family. Yes, right? yeah, and yeah, this yeah. is before he was an actor. So at this time in his oh. in history, he was just an illustrator. So he okay. was kind of a low-level illustrator. He was her age, which was something unheard of to Evelyn. She was dating men mm. t- two, three times her age mm-hmm. consistently because those are the men w- who were coming to see her at her shows and right. who were, you know, preying on her essentially. Uh. But Jack was like 21. She was like 17. So they were a little mm. more on the same footing. Didn't last long, about a month. And before she went to school, she was also approached by a man named Harry K. Thaw. And Harry K. Thaw was an eccentric millionaire who, again, like Sanford White, was obsessed with Evelyn and her beauty and went to, I think it was 40 of her shows mm. in one year. Casual. Yeah. What? Had a fake name that he was pursuing her with, would oh. send her all these gifts. She denied them. She would send them all back. And then he finally comes out of the shadows, says who he is, tries to court her. She knew him because he's also from. Pittsburgh so she like kind of knew the name she knew the family and she wasn't interested she politely declined went to school got sick her mom tried to call Stanford White to help her out and Stanford wasn't around and so they called Harry and he was eager to help Mm. and he really wanted to move up that ladder so he sends all the best doctors, and they supposedly gave her a uh, yeah appendectomy. Appendectomy. There it is. But but it is also oh, no. reported that it may have been an abortion. I was going to say, was she just preggers? And oh. and it's like it's still unknown. But pe- there are people on both sides because reportedly she says it was not. And Jack Barrymore also says it was not, but there are a lot of reports that were like she was pregnant with his baby. Mm, like Jack Barrymore, yeah, it would have been him, such a beautiful baby. Like a, I know. Guy. I was just looking at pictures of her, and I was like, wow, she she's was stunning, stunningly beautiful. And you guys have seen her picture. We'll post some, but like you've seen her photo, she was the model at the turn of the century. So like yeah. Coca Cola user, Vanity Fair user, Super Cosmopolitan user, Harper yeah. Bazaar, like all of these really famous publications used her. All these advertising used her men um, used her men used her everyone used her poor girl i know she was so young anyway so she went to school she had this emergency surgery albeit a appendectomy or That's an fine. abortion appendectomy we're not sure <laughs> we'll but just go either way you know harry thought came to her rescue and that did not go unnoticed and he basically convinced her mother to go as a family on this adventure through Europe. And what he did basically was tire out the mother is he tired her out to the point where she didn't want to do it anymore. And she stayed in London and he took Evelyn to Paris and he took advantage of her. (sighs) You know, I'm really summarizing this. You guys, it'll be in our show notes, but listen to the, my favorite murder. If you really want the full, full, full story of all of this ladies, they they do a great job episode of ours. Yeah. Karen and Georgia. I appreciate you. We appreciate you so much. You want to collab? 
Oh my god, collab. that'd be great. But Karen does a great job of doing this full story. She gives it like a full hour, which is what it needs. Yeah. I don't have that time, so I'm rushing through. But anyway, the mom leaves, and they're doing weird shit. He takes her to the site of virgins who were murdered throughout Europe. He had a weird, oh, yes. weird hang. I, I haven't even talked on. about that. Yeah, he had like a chastity thing where like he was the like virgin in the whore complex. Yes, very obsessed with the idea of the virgin. Which okay, so compounding all of this he hated Stanford White for everything that he represented because Stanford White was openly sexual and like having sex with all these young girls and trust me you'll see Harry Thaw is no angel but he was obviously very repressed and had a lot of shit he was dealing with and didn't know how to deal with open sexuality so he resented it very deeply and thought that Stanford White was everything wrong with society at this point and he was basically running it to the ground and he was on a mission to prove that so All of this is kind of, you can see, fueling into a drama. He, in France, tries to propose to Evelyn. She says no because she knows that if she says yes to him, she'll have to explain everything that happened with Stanford, and she is not wanting to give up that information. Pressures heighten, and she ends up spilling, and Harry is very upset and ends up, not because he's upset, but ends up having her in a castle where he basically keeps her as a prisoner and beats her like whips her beats her sexually assaults her for two weeks two weeks and he's into like virgins and chastity yeah so it's a very paradoxical thing where he's like into chastity but also sex to him is yeah Yeah. like abuse and yeah so this is all fucked (sighs) Deep breath. And they come back and Evelyn agrees to marry him. (laughs) Oh, come on. Because because at this point in history, she has no other choice in her view. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. She just is looking at her situation and her family doesn't have a lot of money. And this is what works for them. So she agrees to marry Harry Thaw. And they are married in a very controlled setting, and he has her live in a mansion for about a year without leaving. She is trapped, and his mother is super controlling, and it's all fucking nuts. And then, fast forward, he promises her they're going to go to Europe and have like a nice little rendezvous vacation. But before, they have to go see the show at Madison Square Garden. No. That opens right before they leave. No. Bad idea. So, 1906, they're going to New York to see the show, and she is stressed out. They get there, and she doesn't see Stanford White, which is weird because he built this place. So, she's assuming he's going to be there, doesn't see him. She's like, okay, I can take a deep breath. It's okay. We're fine. They watch the show. Near the end, they hear a commotion. Stanford White has arrived. Ah. And she looks at Harry and she's like, we should go. And he's like, yeah, you're right. We should go. So they get up to leave. And on their way out, as they're passing Stanford White's table, from about two feet away, Harry Thaw stops and shoots Stanford White twice in the head. Whoa. Once in the chest. In front of 900 people. Whoa. Dramatic. Yeah. (laughs) And says, you've ruined my life. And people heard the first go around people heard you ruined my wife but then later it was confirmed that like he said okay. you ruined my life mm-hmm. so there's you can see both people have said sure, he said both but sure sure the final consensus was you've ruined my life 
And yeah, Stanford's dead. Okay. Because that's what happens when you're shot from two feet away in the head twice. (laughs) Right. You're a dead boy. You are dead. And then the trial of the century ensued. And it's long and dramatic. And this is not an episode about trials. So I won't go down that way. But basically, Harry thought he'd be good. And he was convicted to be insane, which he was. He was insane. Oh, yes. And poor Evelyn was like used through the trial and then dumped and then... She was dragged through the fucking muck through all of that. But she came out on the other side. She actually taught ceramics later in her life, which is which a cute little anecdote. I want to like cry right? a couple tears of joy. <laughs> I'm really kind of just jumping to all the art and murder related parts of this story. So like, please you know, know there's a lot of holes in here. But, architecture. But the happy. Ceramics. <laughs> yeah. Murder. It starts with architecture and it ends with ceramics. So not a bad trajectory yeah all the stuff in between is gnarly you know if you go through all that bullshit in your life and you spend your later days teaching ceramics like fuck yeah all things considered you came out on the other side yeah isn't that where we all want to end up just old ladies teaching ceramics i would like to teach ceramics right now I wouldn't say no to it. I know, right? That sounds great. That's like kind of always low-key been my goal. Honestly. It's like I imagine myself as like an older person like doing pottery or like. So what's up with that? Like do old people just, life just gets real hard and then you just decide you want to throw clay on the wheel? Because that's stressful. Have you tried to center something on the wheel? I'm not good at it. It's real hard. I know, but that, I think that's the idea. Like it's it's a very present activity. You got to just be. I, I got to be you in yeah. the clay. You just yeah. got to be there with the clay. You just got to be living. You know just what? Trust your thumbs. Yeah. And, and go. I'm good. <laughs> you say that now. We'll talk when you're yeah. 75. Okay. We're not there. Yet, I though. mean, hopefully we'll still be making this podcast when, when we're, we're like 75. Old. Yeah. <laughs> we're all teaching ceramics. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're no longer the art history babes. We're the ceramic babes. <laughs> like literally every one of us is like teaching We're the ceramic crones. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Is it crones or cronies? I think of crones as being an old woman that maybe is a hag slash witch, which I think is appropriate. Is the goal. Like, that's the goal. Maybe not the hag part, but the witch. witch. The witch part. Yeah. And then cronies is like like a bunch of guys that beat people up. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, because cronies. Yeah, that's like a gang, right? Yeah, it's like, like a you bunch and of your cronies. cronies. Yeah. <laughs> you were waiting for me in the parking lot. <laughs> Behind the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> But yeah, My we're... dad's name is Salvatore. <laughs> I'm Salvi Junior. <laughs> Salvi. I'm sorry to all the Italian Americans in the world. I am. Or you're you. welcome for some representation. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Don't yeah. hold it against. But me. like low key or high key, I really hope we all end up being like witchy ceramics teachers someday. I think that'd be. If dope. I die a witch, I'll die happy. <laughs> right. Right. If it worked for Evelyn Nesbitt, it'll work for us. Mm. That's all I got. She say. overcame. Damn, dude. Yeah. She had a shit life. <laughs> for real. And it's weird to read about some of the way people still talk about her because it seems like it's shifting into the direction where people are like, oh, yeah, that's all right. But like, there's still a little undertone of like 
she she was a model. built the bed that she, she lied in, and it's like, yeah. oh my god, she was she was a child, years old. Yeah. She was a baby. That reminds me. There's this recurring skit on SNL in the past few seasons where they do this thing where it's like a actors roundtable, and they have like contemporary actresses, and then they always have always played by Kate McKinnon, this old school old Hollywood actress, oh, yeah. and like the things that the old Hollywood actress had to deal with are just like absurd, and all yeah. the contemporary actresses are like shocked and abhorred, and I think that's just like a very real thing. It's like old Hollywood was a different place, yeah. and like, and so I think that continues like yeah. people just think that that's okay because it it has been for so long yeah exactly that's a horrendous story yeah all of these stories um, on our patreon we're going to start doing for every episode kind of like forum discussions so you guys oh, can like hash out some of this nice. stuff so yes. there will be a forum discussion for this episode because there's like so many layers to this and we'd love to hear your thoughts and yeah this is like a really multifaceted yeah sort there, of. there's so much going on here so definitely be on the lookout if you're a patron for those forum spaces you can also become a patron for as low as one dollar a month so check that out oh, wow. also this episode as tends to happen when we get a little sauced, has <laughs> definitely been running for a while. So we're just going to split it up. We're going to do a two-part art and murder Halloween extravaganza. Hey, hey. Thank you for listening to part one. Mm-hmm. We got two more stories coming for you hey. in art and murder part two. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah check back in with us <laughs> i just kissed my bike <laughs> we'll see you very soon bye bye It's not your fault, it's ours. It's just objectively a great statement. <laughs> Nat, I am so sorry. No need. Oh, okay, no need. We're going we're gonna to circle back. It's going to be all fine. I like no how I implicated everyone in that. <laughs> like, you guys didn't do anything. Hello, all. Corey again. If you want to become a patron and help make the continued production of Art History Babes content possible, as well as become part of the Art History Babes special community, head over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes. There's also a link in the show notes for you. Also, we're doing a giveaway in honor of the Patreon relaunch. You can be entered to win a goodie box, including a copy of our book, The Honest Art Dictionary, Art History Babe stickers, chocolate, a candle, these cute little art cards that Natalie has. Check our Patreon or our Instagram for pictures, but they're really fun. To be entered to win, become a patron. Every dollar pledged is an entry. So for example, if you become a patron at the $3 level, $3 equals three entries. If you're already a patron, you just have to up your donation amount for entries. So if you are currently at 
the $1 amount, up it to $5, and you get four entries in the giveaway. This giveaway will run all of October, and we will choose the winner on November 1st. Thanks again for listening and for your continued support. We're really excited to share all the new things we have in store with you. Bye!